0: We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and his companions continued their journey towards Pekin, the capital city of China. Eventually, they arrived at the gates of Pekin. Then Marco Polo said farewell to the Princess Ilana and gave her a ring, telling her that if ever she had need of him to send him that ring. Then he returned to the gates where his father and uncle were waiting. The three Venetians knew that death might be waiting for them on the other side of that gate, but they boldly told Captain Nadu to beat upon the huge bronze gong which hung beside the gate. The captain beat upon the gong with the hilt of his sword. Its deep notes reverberated through the still air. Then they faded away to silence while the little group anxiously watched the massive gates.
1: You beat upon the gong, Captain, they do. When will the gates open? In a moment.
2: Be patient, Marco Polo. Are you so anxious to rush forward to your doom? Oh,
1: oh, do not be so sure that we are going to our doom. We are armed with swords. We can fight to save ourselves. Do not draw your sword, Marco. We wish these people to accept us as friends. Oh, she? The great gates are swinging open now.
3: Oh, for us they may be the gates of death.
1: Courage, Beno, courage! Oh, I, I see many soldiers. At their head is a man mounted on a white horse. One of the most beautiful horses I
2: have ever seen. That man is Van Chu, the nephew of the emperor, and the governor of the city. He has been apprised of your arrival. The horse he rides is one of ten thousand white horses, which are the property of the great Khan. See, Van Chu rides forward. Who comes to the gates of Pekin? Who dares to enter the city of the great Kublai Khan? Excellency, most noble governor of the city, I prostrate myself before you. I am Captain Naidu of the court of the Khan of Persia. I bring a bride to the great Kublai Khan. I bring the princess Zilana. She waits now to enter the city. It is well. Who are the men who stand beside you? They are friends of the great Khan of Persia. Men from the West, belonging to a nation which is called Venice. They desire to make obeisance, to win the friendship of the great Khan. They bring gifts for him, and they bring offers of friendship. The great Khan has sworn that
1: men of the
4: Western world shall die.
1: Tell me, Excellency. My name is Niccolo
4: Polo. Your name is known. Your brother, Matthew Polo, stands beside you. And the tall young man is your son, Marco Polo. How do you know that, Excellency? We knew many days ago that you were on your way here. The great Khan is well informed. I beg that you take us before him, that we may offer him rich gifts, that we may beg his friendship. The great Khan decrees that those who strive to enter this city must die. Let the princess be taken to the palace. I will ride beside the litter. Let these four men of the Western world be seized and imprisoned until and such time as the Khan decrees they are dead.
1: They shall not seize me. Who lays a hand on me dies. Peace, Marco. Sheath your sword.
4: Strike against the soldiers and you will die now. Oh,
3: I knew that we would die. I commend my soul to the one above. I have lived a sinful life. Silence, Benno. We
1: are not yet to die. Oh, yes. Are we not to fight for our lives, father? The great Khan may yet consent to see us. If it be his will to place us in prison, then let us go there. Until such time as he is ready to grant us audience. See, Excellency, my bearers carry many gifts, which I wish to place before the Khan. The Khan
4: will see your gifts, but you will never see the light of day again. Take them. Let them be imprisoned. Uh.
0: Marco Polo and his companions were ruthlessly seized by Chinese soldiers. Then they were dragged hastily through the streets, having very little time to observe the strange wonders around them. Their only impression was of crowded streets, scurrying people, and the chatter of many tongues. Eventually, the four men were placed in a dark dungeon. Meanwhile, Ban Chu, the governor, rode beside the litter of the Princess Delana to the palace. The great palace towered and dominated all other buildings in the city guards stood to attention swords were drawn and held aloft in salute as the princess was born into the mighty palace she was taken to a vast chamber the walls of which were decorated with gold and silver then the curtain of the litter was raised and Van Chu, the governor assisted the princess to her feet she looked around her in awe and amazement
4: You are now in one of the small audience chambers of the great Khan's palace soon he will come to speak with you
5: I thank you for bringing me here my lord but may I not go and attire myself in fitting garments to greet the great Khan
4: you will learn that when the Khan gives orders they must be obeyed he ordered that you should be brought to this chamber to wait here with me until his most high and excellent person should take pleasure in speaking with you bow down before him when he enters And speak not until he addresses you.
5: I will obey, my lord.
4: Soon those great doors of beaten gold will be flung open. Through those doors will come the ruler of the world, the great Kublai Khan. If you find favor in his eyes, he will wed you.
5: And if I do not find favor in his eyes?
4: Then he will bestow you on one of the lords of his court. He might even bestow you on me. But methinks you will find favor in his eyes. Even through your veil I can see that you are beautiful, my lady.
3: (laughs) Make way, make way for the great mighty Khan, ruler of
0: the world and emperor of China.
1: Bow down before him, let no man speak, nor open his lips unless it be at the bidding of the great Khan. Bow down one, bow down all, the great Khan
3: comes.
1: You may
4: rise, Banshu. Tell me what took place. Most High, Princess Zalana of Persia lies prostrate before you. Oh, Most High and Excellent Majesty, she was brought here by a captain of the Persian guards and handed over to my care in accordance with your commands. I brought her to the palace. She now awaits your orders. It is well. Let the lady rise. You may speak, Princess.
5: Most High, I have journeyed many miles in the hope that I may find favor in your eyes. I bring your loyal greetings from your brother, the Khan of Persia.
1: My brother has served me well. Turn your back to me, Vanshu. I am about to raise the gossamer veil which hides the face of the princess. It shall be as you command, Most Excellent Majesty. Let me look upon you, princess. Oh, oh. What is the matter with your face? Uh, are you the victim of some disease that your face is screwed up thus? Answer me, maiden.
5: Sometimes a strange malady attacks me, sir, causing me to contract the muscles of my
1: face. That is strange. My brother sent me messages that you were beautiful and healthy. Why should he lie to me? Does this malady last for long? Uh, must you wrinkle your nose like that all the time? Oh. But my brother said that you were the most beautiful woman on whom he had set eyes. Uh, uh, he mentioned nothing about the uh, wrinkling of the face or the nose.
5: Oh, this malady overtook me on the journey here, Most High.
1: Uh, lower your veil over your face again. It does not please me. Oh,
5: sure. Most excellent, Majesty. commands. Uh,
1: you may look this way now, Vanchu. I do we not think... know whether I will
4: marry this woman. Should she not meet with your pleasure, Most High... May I ask for her hand? I have not yet decided whether I will marry her.
1: She will be placed under the observation of the court physician. He will tell me whether this
4: malady can be cured. I have to report that four men of the Western world accompanied the princess to the gates of Pekin. They looked four dangerous men. We want no Westerners here, Most High. You have decreed that foreigners shall be put to death if they strive to enter your city. That is my decree. Where are these foreigners? They were placed in a dungeon to await your orders. Say but the word, and I will order their heads to be struck from their bodies. That their bodies be hurled through the gates as a lesson to all foreigners.
1: The foreigners shall die. Let my decree be carried out. They shall be beheaded, and their bodies hurled through the gates.
4: That order shall be carried out at once, Most High. A
5: moment, Most High. May I speak?
4: You may not speak unless the emperor addresses you. But
5: I have something to say to the emperor. Speak,
4: child. What would you say to me?
5: These four men rendered great service to the Khan of Persia. They helped him to overthrow a wicked robber known as the old man of the mountains. They are brave, good men. They bring you rich gifts and a message from a great ruler who is known as the Pope. I beg that you hear them, Most High.
4: The Emperor does not
1: wish to hear from foreigners. Do these men speak our language?
5: What oh, they do, Most High. They have traveled in many lands and they know many languages. They are brave, resourceful men and they wish to offer you their services. I bid His Excellency to turn his back to us again. Erase my veil once more, then look upon my features.
1: Uh, turn away, Batshu, turn away, turn away. Let me look upon the maiden's features. Now, maiden, we shall see. Oh, you are beautiful, more beautiful than any woman I have ever seen. Uh, and yet that malady may return, that, uh, that sagging of the mouth, that wrinkling of the nose. But
5: it may not return, almost high. Now look into my eyes and know that I speak the truth. The four foreigners have come here on a friendly mission. They are brave men. They did service to your brother, the Khan of Persia, by bringing about the defeat of the old man of the mountain. They did service by saving my life from the coroners, the wicked robbers of the desert. They have risked everything so that they might speak with you to win your friendship. I beg you, spare their lives. Speak to them first. Then if your heart is still filled with hatred against them, They shall die. Ah,
1: You plead very well, maiden. Uh, uh, Lower your veil. Uh, Now, Manchu, here, Manchu, come here to me. What is your advice? Shall I uh, slay these
4: men or not? Heed not the pleas of the Princess, Most High. We want no foreigners here. These men are dangerous. One tried to struggle, drew his sword and threatened to kill one of your soldiers. Oh,
5: tell me, Most High, these men come from a strange country called Venice, a country which is built on water and where the people go about their daily tasks in strange boats. They have seen many wonders of the world, and what they have to tell will bring pleasure to the ears of the most high and mighty Kubla Khan.
1: A city built on water? That cannot be. A fanciful tale. It
5: is true, I swear it. And it must be a wondrous city. Huh.
1: I would like to hear more of this city. I am always interested in wonders of the world, wonders which are not possessed by Kubla Khan. The lives of these men shall be spared for the time being, Manchu. And Let them all be brought before me now.
4: But, Most High, is it not unwise?
1: Kubla Khan has spoken. I do not give orders twice. I have said that the men will live until I have spoken with them. Go now and bring them before me. Go, go, go.
0: now present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and his companions arrived at Pekin, the capital city of China. They entered the great gates of the city and they were immediately arrested on the orders of Van Chu, the governor. They were placed in a dungeon while the princess Zalana was taken to the palace of the great Kublai Khan. The Khan looked upon her features, but she twisted her face and grimaced, in an endeavour to make herself ugly, so that the Kublai Khan could not make up his mind whether to marry her or not. Princess Solana then pleaded for the lives of Marco Polo and his companions, but Van Chu, the governor, tried to persuade Kublai Khan to kill them. Eventually, the Khan agreed to interview the four Venetians. Meanwhile, Marco Polo, with his father Niccolo, his uncle Mafio, and servant Benno, were crouching In an underground dungeon.
1: It seems to me that our journey to China has ended in disaster. All we will see will be the four walls of this dungeon. A most uncomfortable dungeon, I must say. The ceiling's too low. Much too low. I cannot stand up straight. I think the Chinese are barbarians. On the contrary, my brother. They're a highly civilized race. Mm, They're not treating us like civilized people. Oh, I have a pain in my back. I wonder if we could ask them to place us in a larger and more spacious dungeon. Uh, Benno, how are you feeling?
3: Oh, this is a most uncomfortable dungeon, and I do not like the Chinese. I do not like that man, Van Chu, who placed us in this dungeon... He eyed me as if he wanted to kill me.
1: Yes, he eyed us all in that manner. He is a villainous-looking scoundrel. Well, it behoves us to be polite to him. After all, he is the nephew of the Kubla Khan. Well, what do we care for Kubla Khan or his nephew? We are not likely to see either of them again. I blame you for this, Marco. Now, why blame me, my Uncle Mafio? Possibly that Khan
2: knew that you had been making love to the Princess Zilana, and this is our punishment.
1: Well, I have an idea that the Princess Zelana may be able to save us.
3: I think it is all because of your lovemaking, Master Marco. I have always found that women cause trouble. If we had come here without the Princess Zelana, we might have been saved.
1: Well, we're not dead yet, Benno. Let us trust that the great Khan may consent to speak to us. Someone comes now.
4: Let us. You will step out of this dungeon.
1: Are our lives to be spared?
4: Ask no questions. Come with
1: me. Are we taken to the presence of the great Kubla Khan?
4: You are to be taken before the great Kubla Khan. You will prostrate yourselves before him, and you will not speak until he addresses you.
1: You see, Uncle Mafio, the Khan has consented to see us. Come, let us follow the
4: governor. You will walk between the files of soldiers. Do not attempt to escape, or you will instantly be put to death.
3: Oh, I wish he would not look at me like that. I know he wants to kill me.
1: Silence, Benno. Oh. Now come, Benno, be of good heart. We are oh. still alive. Oh. And of all the wonders of China, we are to see the great Kublai Khan. Though that is something.
3: Oh, what use is it to see the great Kubla Khan if we are soon to die? Silence.
4: Oh. You will come now with my men. March.
0: Marco Polo and his companions were led from the dungeons into the palace of the great khan. They passed through the gardens, observing the beautiful parks, tame deer and the hawks which wandered the grounds. They passed the khan's keepers leading great leopards, which were held by golden chains, and they marveled at the wonders which they beheld. At last they were led into the palace itself, through colonnades of marble pillars inlaid with golden dragons through mighty halls paved with brightly colored precious stones, until at last they reached the audience chamber. There sat the great Kubla Khan on his magnificent throne. On either side of him were tall soldiers clad in suits of golden mail. The four Venetians moved forward to the foot of the marble steps, which led to the throne. Most
4: noble, high and excellent Khan... Ruler of all the world, emperor of the blessed people, before you stand four Venetian prisoners, white men who have dared to penetrate the most magnificent of cities, you have asked that they be brought before you most excellent, most high and noble Khan. And I order them to prostrate themselves before the ruler of the world. Come, Marco, we must obey these orders. Bow
1: down before the great Khan. Uh, It is well. Let the Western men rise that I may look upon them. Who is your leader? Great noble, most excellent Khan. I am the leader of these men. We come offering you friendship. We bring you gifts from the great Pope of Rome. We come from Venice, and our nation is a nation of traders. We have many wonders, many riches, and many marvels, similar to the ones you have here in your land of China. I am told that it is a land without land, uh, this Venice, a land of water. It is indeed a land of water, most noble Khan. My bearers bring you gifts, and we bear messages of friendship. Do you not know that I have decreed that any white men who set foot in this city should die? We knew of that decree, and yet we risked our lives that we might be ambassadors of friendship between your people and ours. You speak like a brave man. Uh, uh, What? What think you of my city? I have not yet seen your city, great Khan. I have heard much of its wonders, and I trust you may spare my life so I may see them. Well spoken, well spoken. Uh, You do not speak words of praise and flattery. Uh, You uh, spoke the truth. Uh, Who is the tall young man who stands beside you? He is called Marco Polo. He is my son. Uh, Your son. Speak, Marco Polo. Uh, what think you of my city? All I have seen of your city, great and noble lord, are four walls of a dungeon, the ceiling of which was too low. There was nothing about the dungeon which I'd liked. When I have seen more of your city, mayhap I will give you my opinion. <laughs> Bravely spoken. Now what says the other man with a beard like a goat? Come, my Uncle Mafio, speak when the Khan addresses you. But, uh, my beard is not like that of a goat. Peace now, peace. Speak when the Khan addresses you. Uh, Most noble Khan, I am grateful that you have spared our lives. Yes, well, I may yet alter my mind. What think you of my city? I am told it is a noble city, and I would fain see more of it. Yes, I see. And the other man, what has he to say? Uh, He is our servant. What is this, a common servant brought into my presence? Van Chu? what means this?
4: Most noble lord, you ask to see all four prisoners. You did not tell me one was a
1: servant. He may not speak with me. Uh, what is the hour? It wants but one hour to noon, O noble Khan. How did you tell the hour? I see no sundial here. Have you uh, no water clocks in the nation of Venice? I have never heard of a water clock. Well, uh, that is a water clock standing near the lord Van Choo. Why, we have had them for many years. Truth, that is a marvel. Can you tell me hour uh, by that device, most noble one? We do? It seems that your nation of Venice is not so civilized, my friend. Now, it is my decree that you shall live until we have shown you some of the wonders of our city. You will be quartered here in my palace. The Lord Van Chu will be responsible for your welfare. When you have seen all the wonders we have to show, mayhap I will kill you, but... Uh, Seek not to escape. I pledge my word, that we will not seek to escape. Why should you wish to take our lives, most noble Khan? Does the great Kubla Khan slay his friends? Is he a tyrant? Peace, dog. For words of
4: insolence you shall die.
1: Stay your hand, Banshu. It is my will that these men of the western world should behold the wonders of my city. They may learn much, and I will have you know, Marco Polo, that I am no tyrant. Christians, Jews, Muslims, and other worshippers all have the freedom of my city. All pray as they wish to pray. And I am much beloved by the people. And yet you would take the lives of four men who come to you with offers of friendship? The white race has not always been disposed towards the people of China. Go now, Van Chu. We'll lead you to your quarters. Tomorrow you shall see the city. You shall have money to spend that you may buy any goods which may chance to please you. Now let my treasurer come forward and give these people money. But, Most High, this is not money. These are but pieces of parchment. And the softest parchment I have ever seen. Have you not seen paper? It is a form of parchment which we have used here for many years. And that paper passes for money. You will find that you can purchase goods with it. Now take it and divide it amongst your friends. We will speak again in three days' time. And then I will decide your fate. May I ask one question, Most Noble Khan? Uh, You may. The Princess Zalana, she is soon to be wedded to you. With this money which you have given us, may I buy her a wedding gift? Well, I I am not sure whether I will wed the Princess. She has an affliction of the face which does not please me. Still, uh, that is no affair of yours. Now follow where my officers lead you. The audience is at an end.
0: Marco Polo and his companions were led to their quarters. They were each given large separate rooms, and Marco Polo found himself in a luxurious room, the walls of which were decorated with silken tapestry. The tables and chairs were inlaid with gold and silver. Marco Polo was unable to find out where his companions had been taken. He sat thoughtfully in the vast room when one of the curtains was suddenly pulled aside. Who comes?
5: Marco Polo? Have you forgotten me so soon?
1: Zilana, why, what do you hear?
5: Well, I am free to roam the palace at will. I have a woman's cunning. I found there were two ways of entering this room. One entrance is guarded, but the other is not.
1: Oh, you should not have come here, Zilana. Why, if they find you, if they find you, well, I may be killed and you may be killed.
5: No. Hear me, Marco Polo. I have news of great import for you. News? I have found a plan by which you may win the friendship and the gratitude of the great Khan.